One, two, three, and four. All right, all right. Welcome to the Life Point Table Talk podcast. We are continuing today with our Bible reading reflections. My name is Jason, and I have the lovely Pastor Katrina. Thank you. It's so good to be here today. And today we are on week four, and we're looking at Matthew 15 through 19 and Exodus 1 through 18. Um, So hopefully some of y'all are following along with us on this, but if you're not, that's okay too. Just tune in. Check out the podcast. So this week we want to do it a little different. We've been normally starting in the Old Testament, and uh, there's usually so much to cover there that we get stuck there, and then um, the New Testament ends up, you know, and then Jesus did some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> kind of rushing through that part. Yeah, so that's true. Today we want to start with the New Testament. Uh, so we're going to start here looking at Matthew 15. And we're continuing to talk about the ministry of Jesus because that's what the Gospels is all about, is the ministry of Jesus. And it's so interesting how that each Gospel writer inter weaves the ministry of Jesus and all that he did. Mm-hmm. It fascinates me. I mean, it wasn't just that he was preaching. I mean, he was confronting, he was teaching, he was in everyday life. So Jesus was an all-around person. That's what I love about him. Yeah. And that's the example we have. So you see right in the beginning here that Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he really confronts them. Because he tells him, you're teaching the traditions of men as God's commandment. And then he tells them why. He quotes Isaiah the prophet. It's Isaiah 29, 13. He said, you're doing this because you honor God with your lips or with your words, but your heart is far from God. Right. Now, that's a confrontation. Well, it's interesting. They, they're confronting him, usually. They're they're following him around, coming after him, and it's usually over some good deed. Yeah, too. Healing on the Sabbath. How dare you? (laughs) Healing or having something to eat or you know um, these kinds of things. But I don't think he did it harshly. I Mm. think he really spoke to them in compassion, and that's what threw them off. Yeah. I I don't think he said you and point his finger at him. I think he spoke to him in compassion. Well, even if you did, they they they, <laughs> they didn't did, take it that way. Didn't take did it they? very well. <laughs> no, <laughs> it seems like it keeps saying. And then they planned to kill him. Yes, <laughs> after every time. But he's starting to flip things around to pointing people to the heart to look at the heart yes. instead of just the rules. Uh, yes, that's the beautiful thing about it. Yeah, it's the heart. And we come into this interesting part with the. Canaanite woman, yes, uh, who's asking Jesus to uh, deliver her daughter. She's possessed, and um, I thought it was really interesting because Jesus' response is sort of different in this situation. In that he says, um, "I'm here to speak to the to the people of Israel," and even the disciples are kind of trying to shoo her yeah, away. Yeah, get her away. But yeah. she keeps; she's persistent. 
and eventually he he says okay he goes back on what he initially sort of said because of her faith but it's interesting he said to her am i to feed the dogs and we think of that oh wow what an insult Mm -hmm. but she says to him and this is so interesting she says well don't the dogs at least get the crumbs from the table and we think of a stray dog that's not a stray dog that's a family dog that's loved Mm under the table waiting for the crumbs from the family mm-hmm. and the family loves him so much each one of them is throwing him little things so throwing the dog something the pet mm-hmm. something under the table yeah and he saw her faith yeah he saw her faith that was her faith so i i think that's fascinating also in chapter 15 we let's see we we have the uh he feeds Four thousand. Yes, that's. Here's the wonderful thing about this. Said so Jesus had compassion on them because they had been three days and had not eaten yeah. just to hear him teach. Yeah, now, funny. if you go, if you preach beyond thirty minutes, people are saying, "I'm hungry. I got to get out of here." <laughs> and they've been three days without food, and he said, "We need to feed them." So this time, it's four thousand plus women and children. So it's many more than 4,000 with seven loaves of bread and a few fish. Right. And there's always leftovers. When Jesus, there's always abundance. Yeah. There's seven baskets full leftover. And that's the wonderful thing about Jesus. He doesn't just give just barely enough. There's always an abundance with the Lord. Yeah. So. Then we move on to uh, 16 here. Um. He talks about understanding the times at the beginning there. Uh, Again, we have the Pharisees and Sadducees. They want a sign now from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Don't you think it's interesting that he said, your sign is the sign of Jonah? Mm. wonder what they thought about that. What do you think of when you think of Jonah? Uh, three days in the world. Three days in the belly of the fish, yeah. and then he was resurrected. Right. And that he said, that's your sign. When you and you'll see three days I'll be in that belly, mm. but you'll see me come out. Mm-hmm. That's your sign. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. He he really is just cool, and he warns the disciples to watch out for their teaching, and uh, then we have the revelation. Yeah, this is one of my favorite, probably favorite portions of the New Testament here. This this part with Peter. Um, Peter, open mouth, insert foot. <laughs> well, wait, is this, uh, let's see, is this where he says, who do you say I am? Yeah. Okay, yeah. This is my favorite part, because Jesus uh, is talking to him. He's saying, Peter's saying what other people say he is. Yeah, yeah. who do men say that and I am? And then Jesus gets it down to him. Yeah. Who do you say I yeah. am? And you know that's the most important thing for all of us. It's yeah. not what the world says about Jesus. What do you say about right. Jesus? And he says you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. That's and, the revelation. Um, he says that revelation came from Father God, not from his own mind right. as well. And then he goes on to say, upon this rock, I will build my church. Um I've I've seen a lot of different commentary on this. I I like the idea of the rock being that revelation. Yes. That they were just talking about. Yes. Um with without that cornerstone of Jesus as Messiah, son of the living God. Right. 
There is no church. There is no church. There, you take and, that part and out. Peter's name means Little Rock. Mm-hmm. But when he said upon this rock, it meant the huge foundational rock, not Peter. Right. And so and that's people the revelation. Have, some people have taken it yeah. as that. On um, this rock. And then again, Jesus uh, foretells his death. Um, that it will, he will return in glory. Uh, it's amazing how many times he talks about this and everybody's still shocked. I know it. Totally taken off All guard. through. But it's like he just mentions it as he's talking. Yeah. I mean, they're just talking about upon this rock. And, oh, by the way, I'm going to die well, and what's, be three days in the grave and resurrect. And they go, oh, okay. And well, then, in this this part, uh, which is awesome, because P- Peter's one of my favorites. You talk about insert foot. He goes from this, you know, transcendent revelation of Jesus as Messiah then Jesus talks about having to die, and Peter is trying to tell him no, I'm talking him out of it. And Jesus rebukes him and calls him the devil. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> Get behind me, devil. <laughs> two verses later, after this great revelation, you know. That's the honesty of Jesus. Yeah. He won't let him get by with it. Right. He, he makes him, goes back to the heart. Yeah. Look at the heart. Yeah. No, Peter, you're, you're not thinking right. You're not thinking right. I love it. Right. Right. Love it. And we move on to Matthew 17. This is an amazing uh, part here with the transfiguration. Oh, yes. Um, and it talks about, it says, there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses, Elijah, talking with Jesus. Uh, Look, this, the Old and the New came together. Yeah. The Old Testament and the New Testament came together. Isn't that interesting? Uh, yeah, this is some kind of experience here. It's um, amazing. And here Peter again. Oh, I know what we'll do. Let's let's build three tabernacles. Yeah, it's <laughs> one really... for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. I think and God it even corrects says he him. didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, he was like, oh, this would be nice. Let's build three tabernacles while yeah. we're up here. <laughs> and he just kind of interrupts him, like he's not, you know, don't pay attention to him. <laughs> yeah. You know, and just listen to Jesus. Yeah. That's what God said. Listen to my son. Listen to Jesus. Right, right. <laughs> but here's a fascinating thing. They're on the mountain, the transfiguration, and they come down out from the mountain, and what happens? Here's a, uh, a man that has a son that's demon-possessed. Mm. From the mountain experience to demon possession. Right. And you may think of it as, oh, my goodness, that's terrible. But it's our preparation with God, being on the mountain with him, with the Lord, that prepares us for the real world when we step out into it. Right. Because there's a lot of demonic things going on in this world. Yeah. But the disciples that hadn't gone up on the mountain with him couldn't cast the devil out. Mm. So Jesus talks to them about faith, and he said, if you even had mustard seed faith, have you ever seen mustard seed? It's a tiny, tiny, tiny little thing. Right. He said, but this kind comes out by fasting and prayer. So this is another step beyond just being saved. This is another step into the power of God to deliver this boy. Right. So. Then we go, we go right into 18. Um, 
and Jesus is talking about children, uh, I think it's, um, is this this part or the next part? Or the, uh, no, that's later. The children come to him. Um, this is when he sits a little child in their midst. Yeah. And, and says, they ask, who's the greatest in the kingdom? He sits a little child there. Can you imagine how insulting that was to adults? Hmm. But we're going back to what? The heart. We're going back. What's a little child like? There's an innocence. There's a trust. There's a uh, a belief. Yeah, I think, I think too, it, it, if you're looking for it, he's continually bringing things back to faith. Yes. Too. And I, for me, there's that innocence yes with the child but there's also the faith the, the trust, trust the that trust childlike part. faith yeah if you tell your child you're going to do something buddy they believe you and you better do it because they'll remind you if you don't <laughs> yeah and uh, the parable of the lost sheep yes that god so loves that he will even go after the one the strays that's yeah. the love of god I mean, that's a that's one of the most famous portions of the new testament there it's right right there in 18. And um, then, then it talks about if people trespass against you, forgive them. It's very interesting. I'll give you this real quickly. Uh, uh, actually, forgiving others should be a way of life. But trespassing, there's a difference between trespass and transgress. Trespass means if you accidentally, not on purpose, hurt somebody's feelings or hurt them. Mm-hmm. And they said, forgive them. Even if they transgress against you which means they did it on purpose forgive them right so it doesn't matter which way it is accidentally or on purpose walk in forgiveness yeah and he this is a part where peter asked him should we forgive seven times again (laughs) classic you know i love the and it's a a very honest you know (laughs) when can i stop forgiving kind of question how many times and jesus gives kind of a crazy Seven times seven. Yeah, it was just, you know, like saying a million times kind of thing. And then he gives this, uh, one of my favorite parables about the king who forgives the debt. Yes. And uh, to me, this is one of the best lessons in the Bible on forgiveness. Because it really doesn't let anybody off the hook. No, it doesn't. Because your transgression against God was forgiven you are now obligated, no matter what, to continue that forgiveness because yes. you were forgiven. And we think ours isn't as great as somebody else's, mm. but that's not true. In the sight of God, all sin is the same. Mm. It's you, You've sinned, and the sin really is against God, not accepting his son. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, you act out in terrible ways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so forgiveness absolutely well it's also interesting because the power i think to forgive is in that story as well in that you focus on on the king and his his grace toward you yes that's where you'll find the power to have grace towards other people i think john said forgive others as christ has forgiven you and boy when you think about that right it, you you walk in forgiveness. Yeah. And it's not worth it to carry it anyway. Yeah. Who's it hurting? Yeah. It's a dangerous you, thing to do. You set other in people fact, free. In fact, the story doesn't end too well, the parable he gives. No. 
because the guy ends up in jail, uh, in jail. Well, and that's what it is. If you hold unforgiveness, you are in jail. Mm. You're bound by that. Yeah, yeah you are. That's good. You are. Oh, here's one important principle in in Matthew 18, and it's verse 20. Jesus just out of the blue seems like. He said, when two or three of you gather together in my name, I want you to know I'm in the midst. And how many times have we used that? What do you, what do you think, why, why do you think he said it like that? Um, obviously, I, there are examples before this of people on their own having faith. Yeah. But he's pointing out coming together something I think there. because there were such multitudes that he's saying to them, it doesn't have to be a multitude for me to be there. I'll come if just two of you are together. Hmm. If, if just two of you start talking about me, I'll show up. Hmm. And especially after he was gone, hmm. that would come back to them because he wrote it. Right. Hey, if we gather in his name, he'll be here. Right. His presence will be here. Yeah. So that I think that's so cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, we can move on here to 19. Uh, yeah, we have the great multitudes following Jesus again, and Jesus heals them. And uh, then he talks to the Pharisees about marriage and divorce. Yeah, I, I don't want to get super into this, but I, I do think it's interesting how Jesus, the ideal that he's looking at, again, he's using the Old Testament. Yes. First of all, the scriptures that were there. And he's also pointing to Adam and Eve mm-hmm. as the ideal situation. And then it gets really interesting because they bring up Moses and and uh, his accommodation for divorce. And um, the disciples' answer is basically, uh, it's better not to, to get married at all. Yeah. You can't get divorced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I like Jesus, kind of I love what Jesus said. The reason the divorce was allowed was because of the hardness of their hearts. Right, right. It it wasn't because of just what was going on in that marriage. Their hearts had become hard toward each other and just toward God, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what broke the marriage. Yeah. And this is the part I was talking about earlier where the, the children come to him. Yes. And the disciples try to uh, shoo them away. Uh, but what, what I think is interesting is kids liked him. That is so cool because several times it mentions about children. Because sometimes it's hard to to totally get his personality. Um, he talks about love a lot, but then he seems real harsh sometimes. And mm-hmm. you try to envision uh, what Jesus' personality was like. Um, but whatever his personality was, it attracted children. Yeah. So I don't think, you know, they're not usually attracted to, you know, grumpy, grumpy old men, sad people. (laughs) You know what I mean? There must have been a level of joy and levity there that they wanted. I think a lot of things Jesus said were were jokes, were sarcasm (laughs) in a way. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we'd call it sanctified sarcasm. Right. Yeah. Uh, But yes, I agree with you. And as soon as the disciples said that, he said, no. You let the children come to me. Right. And it said he laid his hands on them. He prayed over him. He blessed them. And then he reminded the adults. He said, this is, if you want to partake of the kingdom of God, you become like these little kids, yeah. these little children. Yeah. And again, he brings that back. Yeah. 
And it's talking about the heart. Right. Have that trust. Look how they trust me. They want to be here on my lap. They want to be here having me hug them and put my hands on them. Right. Do you want that? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And then immediately, what do you have? The rich young ruler. Mm. He saw this and he goes, I want this eternal life you're talking about. How do I get it? Yeah. Isn't it amazing what Jesus says to him? Well, go sell everything you got and give to the poor. But I think it's interesting, too. It doesn't start there. Uh, the guy pushes it. Yes, he does. You're right. He do, That's not his first response to him. He just tells him to follow the commandments. Yeah. And, and the guy, I don't think he did perfectly like he's acting like he did like oh yeah i've already done all that oh yes i've kept those commandments i've done it all self-righteous you know perfectly and i think because maybe there was something there that that sort of pushed jesus to really point out his weak spot yep and just immediately sort of cut to the chase and you know this is where you really are buddy (laughs) you know heart went to the heart the heart and uh, another part that's interesting to me is Jesus talks about how it's hard for uh, a rich person to enter the kingdom. And I think a lot of a lot has been kind of said about that. But what I think is interesting is the, the disciples' response to that is not like, yeah, those rich people, they're, they're the worst or whatever. They say... Well, who can? Yeah. Well, some of these they, they, disciples were businessmen. Yeah, this wasn't just an anti-rich thing. Mm-mm. To them, they didn't take it that way. Mm-mm. They took it right. as just, wow, uh, we're all going to need some help yep. here kind of thing. Yeah. And and then he, then he says anything's possible with God. Yeah. And the whole thing I think he was saying to this rich young ruler and to everyone that was there, you can't trust in your riches to get to heaven. Yeah, it's not your position in life that gets you to heaven. Right, it's your trust in the Lord. Right. So, yeah. uh, well, and then Jesus, I love this at the end of this chapter. We'll end Matthew here. He emphasizes the eternal rewards for being faithful. He said, if you're faithful, then you'll get rewards too. Don't think that. And he was saying that I think even for the rich young ruler. Yeah. You have more rewards than just your money you're holding in your hands. Right. A hundredfold. Yeah. A hundredfold. So I think he was saying to him, if you'll start giving, you'll find out how I will bless you. Yeah. I, I love this. I'll read this, this portion okay. here where it's uh, Matthew 19, 29 through 30. He says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wives or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. Um, Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Uh, you know, the idea of a of hundredfold family. Yeah. Family members, you know, people who yeah. are as close as they can get. And he talks about fields too. I mean, that's, property that's things said, that's money anything that's you give up for me i'll give back to you friends and we found that out when we started the church with nothing mm-hmm. and sowed that and look how god is blessed yeah he said he said blessed you here 
and eternal life. So that meant he would bless even here in this life. Right, right. So fascinating. Fantastic. Well, we're going to end there. Uh, we're going to do a, a two-parter because there's just so much uh, to cover here uh, with this portion of uh, Scripture in the Old and New. So that was the new portion, and we'll come back and cover the old we're getting into exodus which is some really rich stuff i don't want to uh just skim over okay so we'll come back to that for part two so thanks for tuning in tune back in for part two goodbye